John Ossoff. He's <laughs> in a closet on a podcast with some gay dude, and he says, "You know what, Tino? My my shirt is making too much noise. I I have to take it off." <laughs> The GOP is nothing but cancer cells now. The metastasis, the hostile takeover, whatever you want to call it, is complete. I did liken Tucker Carlson to an after-meal <laughs> shit earlier in the show. <laughs> you, you did. I, I remember that. <laughs> Tis of the wave. <laughs> Excuse me. Tis of the wave and not the rock. I'm sorry, is it open mic night? Is that <laughs> what we're doing in the Senate? I, th- I thought we were having an impeachment trial. It's American political theater at its finest. You're listening to Facts and Friends. Welcome to this Republican Jesus is Real episode (laughs) of the Facts and Friends podcast. (laughs) He's a real dick. My name is Tino, and joining me this week is my friend and co-host. Most of you know him as a guy who knows the fucking difference between wallets, cell phones, tasers, skittles, empty hands, and guns. It's Judson. Hello, Judson. Wait, where was the insult? Yeah, it's the first time I haven't insulted you <laughs> in the open and made up some weird, horrible job. You introduced me as a good per. Well, no, I guess just a person, a I normal guess. person, a normal person who knows the difference between very different things. Yeah, it's no coincidence that uh, that that's how I introduced you this week, as people will find out later on. But for now, folks might be unsure as to why I declared this the Republican Jesus's real episode of our show. I'm I'm actually curious. Have a listen to this. Kids out of the darkest recesses of hell right now, and dumbs in all kinds of places. Uh, the adrenochroming of children. The <laughs> I mean, look, we're where we're at right now. Uh, hopefully, we need your prayers. Wow, he's not just Republican Jesus. He's full-on crazy with a Q Republican Jesus. Yeah, so that was the actor, right? Yes, that was Jim Caviezel. He yeah. played the title character in Mel Sugar Tits Gibson's The Passion <laughs> of the Christ. Is that what he changed his name to? <laughs> Bold choice. Yeah, that's that actor Jim Caviezel addressing the recent Health and Freedom Conference. Hint, Health and Freedom weren't really present. Yeah. That was a convention for pandemic deniers and QAnon conspiracy theorists. And it sounded like it. Yeah, it sure did, didn't it? He he just casually endorses the batshit crazy adrenochrome conspiracy theory. Now, yeah. in case you somehow missed it, QAnon followers, of which Jim Caviezel is clearly one, believe Democrats and Hollywood actors are harvesting adrenochrome from children's blood to create a psychoactive drug for satanic rituals and anti-aging property. At two, Jesus, at two. <laughs> I just, I mean, adrenochrome is a real thing. That's a, it's, a, it's an actual chemical yes, compound. Correct. Beyond that, it's all nonsense. I, I don't think this is a lot different from the other things that they believe. It's what they do with everything. They take a little bit of truth and they wrap a whole bunch of bullshit around. Right. Well, as many of you probably noticed, there was no new show last week. And there were a couple of reasons why. But one of the big ones was just how emotionally raw we were in the wake of yet more police murders of black and brown people. And in some cases, these victims were children. Yeah. And we're going to talk about policing in America later in the show, but we also don't want the entire show to be too heavy. After all, Judson, I don't know if you remember, but this is our season one finale. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't that supposed to be about cancel culture? About that. (laughs) You did it. You did it. You canceled cancel culture for real. For real. Oh, my God. <laughs> the liberal elites. Oh, my elite now? Stop Thank you. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. 
to cancel yeah, I, whatever offends them. I just thought, A, we've been talking about cancel culture often on all season. It's true. Do we really have anything new to say about it? It would have been a summary at best. Yeah. Yeah. And also, what replaced it is way more important to talk about. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, cancel culture is not a new thing anyway. It's just a rebranding of uh, being too PC- Exactly. Uh, or That's exactly like what that. You know, it's, it's just it's it's just the same thing. They always they want to say whatever they want and do whatever they want without consequences. Without consequences. That's there it. you have it. Look, Judson just did the cancel culture show. Thank you. <laughs> you won't let me cancel it. Jesus. <laughs> I'm cutting that. I will stand up to cancel culture at every turn, Tino. Not if I edit this segment. <laughs> All right. How you feeling, Judson? I'm feeling good. My arm hurts a little. Yeah, because you got your second Bill Gates microchip shot today, didn't you? I, I did. I got my second one. Yep. I got mine earlier in the week and I'm doing just fine. Are you Pfizer or Moderna? I'm Pfizer. Team oh, Pfizer. I'm Team Moderna. You guys suck. <laughs> we will you know, come to blows. You should, for season two, you should channel your inner cheerleader. It's not even an inner cheerleader because you are a former <laughs> uh, male cheerleader. <laughs> And come up with some Moderna and Pfizer cheers, and we can sort of like go back and forth. I, I will look into that. I will take that under advisement. You won't, will you? No, I won't. Okay. <laughs> well, Judson, I am also doing just fine, unlike one of your favorite Trump children, Ivanka. I don't have a favorite. Okay. <laughs> don't? You're probably right. Would it just be barren by default because he hasn't done she anything might... <laughs> terrible yet? <laughs> He's the only one, yeah. <laughs> that we know of. That's a good point. Well, Judson, Ivanka did something a few days ago that her father has also done. She got her COVID shot. Now, how, how could she? Are you reacting for QAnon? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> now, she also did something that her father couldn't do. She tweeted about it. <laughs> That's got to sting, right? <laughs> it stings like the needle delivering the vaccine into your body. It hurt like hell. I don't know if that's like the CVS I went to and this, this one tech, he's just not great at it. Ow. Well, you're right, Judson. QAnon lost their shit of course they did she's been infected now <laughs> well there are multiple varieties of crazy to choose from yeah i know it's, they they went nuts on this. so she posted a couple photos of a nurse administering an injection in her arm and this was the caption quote today i got the shot i hope that you do too thank you nurse torres this nice ice agent will show you to your cage now <laughs> i don't remember that last part i think i added maybe i might have added that last part <laughs> Oh, it ended man. at Nurse Torres. Uh, yeah, Nurse Torres, yeah. <laughs> well, it's in a matter of just a few hours, QAnon had developed a number of theories. Right. There's the lazy theory, right? That the photo was just fake or doctored. It's lazy because it's lazy to make that up. It's or just such it's a lazy th theory for QAnon. I mean, it's sure. Come on. Adrenochroming and satanic rituals. <laughs> right. and Very vanilla yeah. of them. Sure. So now look, hey, I would never put it past the Trump to post fake or doctored photos on their Twitter feed. But <laughs> Black Sharpie comes to mind. <laughs> but um that seems pretty unlikely in this case. Like, why would Ivanka go on Twitter to post fake pictures of her getting vaccinated? She wouldn't. Right. Okay. So another theory was that her crossed hands in the photos were a clear sign that the photo was staged. Right. It's like, she, she, like she's crossing her fingers. Like, this isn't real. Oh, it goes right? into greater depth than that. There's like, <laughs> ja it was Japanese origins and it, it's, <laughs> it's less lazy, but just as crazy. Oh, man. There was also the all too clever idea that she didn't specifically say she'd gotten the COVID vaccine. Right. So it's probably some other shot. I don't know, birth control, adrenochrome. <laughs> she has her adrenochrome she, shot. She is aging very well, just saying. <laughs> 
they never understand that he's part of the elite, right? <laughs> like, if he really is a billionaire and he, and he really has access they to all the things, they don't know what that word have. means. It's like yeah. cancel culture. They don't know what the word elite means either. That's they just true. appropriate terms yep. and use them as dog whistles. Like global elite for a lot of white supremacists means Jews. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's 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 word salad for the most part. Exactly. Just... So there were the few and far between Q crazies that were just pissed that she took the vaccine and like right yeah like this is a betrayal of everything that we stand for namely <laughs> pestilence one of the four horsemen <laughs> <laughs> but like i said those were those were few and far between right yeah yeah. I, my favorite one though i'm the one is, i'm about to tell you, this is the one you yeah the last one it's got it's the best one <laughs> yeah this is also my favorite and probably the most likely true one right <laughs> it, it was put forth by big-time QAnon promoter Ghost Ezra. This person, I don't know if they're male or female, they have nearly 300,000 followers on Telegram. Ghost Ezra suggested that people weren't being both literal or figurative enough. How? Let me explain that. Please. Okay. They wrote that, quote, Ivanka got her shot and never once did it say vaccine. Big difference. Yeah. So there's where he's or she is saying it's not literal enough, that we're not being literal enough. Right. But then... <laughs> What what I didn't know and had to look up was that that has a different meaning, a figurative meaning. To you, it might just sound like she got some other shot. I told my wife this morning I was going to go get shot. Right. But apparently it's common knowledge among this person's followers that saying someone, quote, got their shot actually means that person was an enemy of the QAnon effort to expose the deep state and has been executed at Donald Trump's command. So that's how it was both not literal enough and not figurative enough. Who has been executed at Donald Trump's command? Besides Ivanka, of course. <laughs> that was going to be my first answer. <laughs> But like it's, you said it's common knowledge that this just this just happens all the time. He just kills people. He just has them. He just has them whacked. Every whoever he wants to is, is they just they just take him out. It, there are, I don't know fifty names on the Clinton body count. Yeah, none of which say, I thought that was Hillary that did that. Yeah, yeah, none of none of which did Hillary Clinton actually have killed, as far as we know. But they don't have one fucking name besides Ivanka to put on the the Trump body count, and they claim that he does this all the time. I bet if we were on Telegram that we would <laughs> we, be we able know. to actually answer this question. That's that's a good point. Because I'm sure they just pretend people who are alive and well are dead. <laughs> I mean, JFK Jr., I hear he's fine. He's supposed to be vice president. Uh, that is in secret. He, he doesn't want the world to know oh. about him yet. So as you might guess, this has led to some confusion among the- uh, I'm confused. I mean- Well, so are the uh, the QAnon folks. <laughs> One follower asked for confirmation that she'd been killed. Sure. Another was questioning the wrong part, I think, by asking, how could Trump off his own daughter rather than, what the fuck are you thinking? Sure. I, I, I think that's a very small part. It, it's worth talking about, but yeah, not the main point. To this person, it is good to be wary of crazy ideas. <laughs> think more on that a while, would you? What's the craziest part of that? Yeah. All right, Judson, speaking of QAnon and blonde women, <laughs> guess who's back in the news? Ivanka. Well, no, we already talked about her. I don't know. Who is it? It's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Ah, oh, fuck. The worst congressperson. Arguably, yes. And that reminds me, before we get to her, I wanted to challenge you. Okay. The last few shows, the last few shows, we kind of danced around who the five worst Congress people are. Sure. So I want to challenge you to go on record ranking them from worst to fifth worst. Okay. Here's here's the trick. I'm giving you nine choices. Oh, fuck. So you're going to be leaving someone off your top five worst Congress people. And if, the, by the way, if there's someone that I don't list on my nine that you think belongs there, by all means, add them. They could even make your top five. <sighs> all right. Here's the list. I'm going to cheat. Is that okay? Can I cheat? I'm going to cheat. How are you going to cheat? 
Oh, you'll see. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Devin, Devin Nunes, Matt Gates, Kevin McCarthy, Louis Gohmert, Paul Gosar, Madison Cawthorn, Jim Jordan. That is a veritable who's who of assholes. It's nine uniquely horrible human beings. Yeah. And the real challenge, as I said, is not well, putting all of them in the bottom five. Marjorie Taylor I told you I'm going to cheat. Marjorie Taylor Greene clearly is the worst. The she worst. is the worst. Right. We're, and that's, we're going to go in uh, Four, ascending Number order. 435. Right. She's at the bottom. Who's 434? 434. I mean, I I, I think right now it's got to be Matt Gates. I think he's 434. I think I went, we've already been on record about that with all of his scandals lately. He was already terrible, but. I think that's fair. He cemented that. 433. Yeah, so you have left. You have Bobert, Nunez, yeah. McCarthy, I'm, Gomert, Gosar, Cawthorn, and Jordan. I got Dark Horse. Matt, Madison Cawthorn. Only thing wow. about him, only thing about him is dark because everything else is like Nazi blonde. It's true. So he did call all Democrats bastards on an interview <laughs> uh, this past week. He's he's just he's he is as you said uniquely terrible. I mean that's that's really what, what it comes down to. He is just a shit person, and he is much like M- Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, who we will get to in just a second. He is a what's the what's the phrase and basically they're, white they're, supremacist <laughs> no yes but but also yes and we're doing improv here yes oh. and uh he is white supremacist in a wheelchair <laughs> punching I, a tree in the woods uh no he is basically a social media congressperson he's not there to pass legislation he's there he's clickbait congressman that's what he's that there is for. The, that is the definition of marjorie taylor green marjorie taylor green and lauren bobert and madison cawthorn that's the all three of them that is what they're there for that's why they exist in congress now because okay. of the clicks you have two spots left yeah so 432 mm-hmm. i'm going with lauren bobert Wow, I am. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it up there. You know. So you know what this means, Judson. Oh yeah, I do. This means that either Louis Gohmert or Jim Jordan <laughs> are not going to make your five worst Congress people. That concerns me. I told you I was gonna cheat, right? Oh, are you gonna say it's tied? It's, it's a tie. Everybody else is tied for 431, whatever number we're on now. Well, normally I would disqualify <laughs> you, but cheating is the Republican way. So, <laughs> I mean, just look at it. It's Jim Jordan, Paul Gosar. Uh, Louis Gohmert, Kevin McCarthy, and Devin Nunes. Yep. Those are your. Those are the five remaining people for that mm-hmm. one last spot. So I think I would put Jordan on the list before Bobert. Fair. I, that's a, there's an argument to be made there. But like, I didn't. It's not a challenge because it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we promised them more Marjorie Taylor Greene, and by Moloch, we're going to make good on that now. What did she finally get around to reading the Green New Deal platform to prepare for her debate against AOC? Is that? Is that the news? No, 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 no. It's, That document is an exhausting 14 pages. Yes, all 14 of them. I mean, I, I can't imagine where she would find the time. That is way too much for anyone to reasonably be expected to read. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, poor Herman Cain. Bills will be only one page. That's what he said. The first thing I wanted to talk about is probably also the most shocking. Okay. Marjorie Taylor Greene has committed the gravest of GOP sins. She, uh, she worked with the Democrat. The second gravest of GOP sins. <laughs> she performed an abortion. What? You heard me correctly, my friend. Uh-huh. It had not even been born. Still a fetus of a dumb idea. <laughs> but Ms. Green still made the choice to abort the America First Caucus. <laughs> the white supremacist caucus. Yeah. <laughs> The white, a.k.a. the white supremacist cop. Snuffed out in the womb, yes. Judson, why don't we take a moment to remember the America First Caucus that never was? Do you want to tell us about what it could have been? 
Sure, sure. The uh, America First Caucus is exactly what it sounds like. It was backed by Green and Paul Gosar. You'll remember him because all of his siblings think he shouldn't be in Congress. They sought to advance Donald Trump's legacy, which means stepping, quote, on some toes and sacrificing, quote, sacred cows for the good of the American nation. Mm -hmm. Also, the proposed platform expressed an intention to preserve Anglo-Saxon political traditions and this bit of white supremacist language in it, quote, societal trust and political unity are threatened when foreign citizens are imported en masse into a country, particularly without institutional support for assimilation and an expansive welfare state to bail them out should they fail to contribute positively to the country. And no self-respecting Anglo-Saxon would say en masse. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> On infrastructure, the caucus calls for the construction of roads, bridges, and buildings that reflect, quote, the architectural, engineering, and aesthetic value that befits the progeny of European architecture, whereby public infrastructure must be utilitarian as well as stunningly, classically beautiful, befitting a world power and source of freedom, end quote. That is... Super white supremacy right there. Well, of course it was because Matt Gates was on board immediately. <laughs> Did it have a section permitting illicit drug use and child sex trafficking? So the funny thing about that, <laughs> it, it was that once the white supremacist parts of the platform became public, Green couldn't backpedal fast enough. She essentially accused the coffee boy of having written the, uh, this platform that news outlets were sharing. Suddenly, she described the document as a, quote, staff level draft proposal from an outside group. End quote. And claims she had not read it. I mean, why was it really long? Like, yeah, like 14, like 14 pages? pages. Yeah. No, it's actually seven. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Makes you wonder what her max page count is, you know, just before she says, hey, fuck it. I'm not reading this. Herman Cain. Bills will fit on one page, Herman Cain said. I am Herman Cain. Shucky I do ducky. not like to read. Sorry. Well, Green is also in the news for calling for the expulsion of Maxine Waters from Congress. Anti-Maxine? No, you can't have her. No. Green recently tweeted, At Maxine Waters is commander of the BLM Domestic Terror Army. A year of burning down cities, looting businesses, and murdering Americans like David Dorn. Okay, first of all, she is the general. We don't have a commander. That's ridiculous. <laughs> there is also no BLM Domestic Terror Army. <laughs> of course not. We did see some domestic terror armies on January 6th, however. Oath Keepers, anyone? Proud Boys? <laughs> Proud Boys. So what did Waters actually say? All right. Here's some audio from a protest she attended before the Chauvin verdict was returned. And I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that is say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we, got, we cannot go away. And not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is, this is guilty for murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. It's coming from what happens if we do not go get what you just told? What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they, they know that we mean business. All right. What do you think about what she said? I I think she's right. I think I, I think she's right. I think she maybe could have phrased it better, but I think, you know, she's right that we if if the verdict had come back differently, we would need to stay in the streets to protest to show that this that the murder of a US citizen on US soil by a person that was supposed to protect them is not acceptable. Yeah, you know, I I agree what she's she's not wrong. I just wish she hadn't said she it. She didn't call for violence. She said confrontational, which is which is not a call to violence. It's not. It's to address, to confront, to make it clear that we do not agree. I do think one could make the argument that she 
might be inciting violence. I don't think that I would agree with the argument ultimately, but I don't think it's as out there as some of the arguments they try to make. I mean, I didn't hear anything in there that was a call to violence. It was a call to protest, to activism. Confrontation can become violent. But confrontation is it not is not itself inherently violent. It is. That's what I'm saying. But confrontational, that's all she said. Yes, saying. but we're not we're not arguing semantics. I'm, all I'm saying is that someone could make that argument that she was inciting to violence. Someone could And it wouldn't could be as that. crazy as some of the arguments they make. Like, that's not an argument I hear. It's like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's an argument I hear like, okay, I can kind of hear you say that. I don't agree with you. I think that's a deliberate misinterpretation of what she said, mm. though. I, I, no, I, I think from the people it's coming from, it's deliberately mis twisting her words. Oh, yeah, because they went nuts. Yeah. I do not think any of them are arguing on good faith that she was actually inciting violence. I, I agree with that. One thing I can say for sure is that this was way worse. I got to tell you, anybody's unemployment has to do with bad choices and personal responsibility. And again, that does not have a skin color. I know a ton of white people that are as lazy <laughs> and sorry <laughs> And, she's gonna and say it. She's gonna say it. Worse than black people, I know. Oh, she, said yeah, she said it. Every time I hear that clip, I have the same reaction. <laughs> like, don't say it. Don't. Maybe this time she won't actually say it. And there is someone who should be expelled from Congress, but more more than one someone. I think we just listed nine of them just a minute ago. <laughs> Finally, while we're on Maxine Waters, just to let her take us out of this segment with something we all want to say to Jim Jordan. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, I don't want you to answer my question. The American people want Dr. Fauci to answer the well, question. What does it have to be? Expire, sir. If you need to respect the chair and oh, shut oh, your oh. mouth. <laughs> Amen. Sadly, Maxine, Jim Jordan only shuts his mouth if it will protect doctors who chronically sexually abuse college kids. <laughs> True fact. We'll be right back. The Facts and Friends podcast is brought to you by people like you. More and more, corporate America is taking over the podcast scene. Your support helps stave off a complete takeover. Please take a moment to share the podcast with your friends and followers via social media or word of mouth. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for helping out. It really does mean a lot. So as our listeners probably guessed, we really struggled with how to talk about policing in America this week and last week for that matter. Yeah, well, we're a couple of white guys or white passing guys, and it's hard to, to be, well, it's hard for us to you know even get a grip on where to approach the conversation, I guess. Well, and also it's our finale. So it's a milestone episode for us, one that, you know, in normal times would warrant surprises and laughs. But of course, we live in the United States of the Blue Lives Matter Gun Club, and <laughs> The events of the last few weeks hit us really hard. So we've opted to devote our season one finale feature to addressing those events and discussing the state of policing in the United States. So before the Chauvin verdict happened and while this painful case was going on, body cam video after body cam video kept being released. Yeah. Each one more disturbing than the previous. <sighs> yeah. And taken collectively... I think these body cam videos are indisputable proof that policing in the United States is broken. I absolutely agree. I wasn't always of that mind, but I think every little, not little, but everything that has come out, every piece of evidence, everything we have learned, each one of them has pushed me more and more to, to that opinion. I am with you. I was also not of that opinion. Can you imagine how bad this was before body cams? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, it's not happening more than it used to. If anything, it's only happening less. It's simply being recorded. 
and still happening. What does that tell you? They have no fear. They do not fear any repercussions. That's nope. what it tells me. Qualified immunity might have something to do with that. Yep. So as a way into this difficult topic, we're going to start with three of the recent body cam videos that were released before the verdict. Then we'll take some time to talk about the trial and the verdict itself. And finally, I'd like to discuss what, what can be done, should be done, etc. Yep. There's no one right answer, but we can't keep doing things the way we're doing them and expect anything to improve. If anything, it'll get worse. Yeah. So um, we talked about this, I think, on our on our Discord, but there's this tweet from at Michelle underscore Norris. She tweeted this a few mm -hmm. weeks ago, and it basically sums up just how fucked up not just policing but the overall culture of violence in the united states is we interrupt the coverage of the shooting of a 13 year old boy that interrupted the coverage of a traffic stop shooting of a 20 year old man that interrupted coverage of the Derek chauvin trial for the killing of george floyd for news of eight people killed at a fedex facility in indianapolis that pretty much sums it up and, and actually, since she tweeted that, there were more mass killings and more police child yes. killings. Yep. But the Twitter character limit apparently doesn't take into account the alarming rate at which this shit is happening. You got to thread that is what has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, the most recent deluge of upsetting police body cams in national news started last month when we watched Lieutenant Coronasario brutally pepper sprayed and thrown to the ground for doing nothing wrong. I want to play just a few seconds of the video in which Officer Joe Quiteras and, and his colleague, guns drawn, conduct what should be a routine mix-up of a traffic stop. Your hands outside the window! My hands are right here. What's going on? Get out of the car now! Get out of the car! What's now. going on? Get out of the car oh. now! Get out of the car now! I'm serving this country and this is how I'm treated? Yo, look, guess what? I'm a veteran too. I'm going to obey. That's Get out of the car! What's going on? Get out of the car now! What's going on? What's going on? You're fixing to ride the lightning, son. I'm sorry, what? Get out of the car now! What's going get on? Get out of the car now! Get out of the car! Sir, just get out of the car! Work with us and we'll talk to you! Get out of the car! You receive an order! Obey it! I'm... I'm... Af I'm honestly afraid to get out. Can I... Yeah, you should be. Going? Get out! What? So they start at an 11. When they give contradictory orders. Yes. Possibly on purpose, I don't know. It's a wonder that this poor man wasn't injured yeah. further. And I think it's also a clear example of how policing in America, particularly when it comes to policing people of color, is not working, to put it mildly. <laughs> That's what I heard, yeah. Well, I tweeted to AOC about how I thought policing is broken and that how teachers who teach kids need a master's degree in a lot of states yep. just to do that. Why don't police need... <laughs> equal amount of training they literally have people's immediate lies in their hands yeah for sure I mean, even even more and someone called me out as well and said that the system's not broken it's designed that way yeah yeah that it's designed that way yeah. exactly and he has a point absolutely does we'll get to this a little bit later on a little bit of the history of policing i think not in great detail but the roots of policing are began as a way to return runaway slaves I and mean, that's where policing in america began in the seven early 1700s and it's not like you know the police forces that we have right now go back to that time, but that's that was the first sort of vigilante attempt at you know the the posse sort of system, and it has always been used at least in some capacity to oppress someone. Then of course there was Dante Wright, another traffic stop. Yep, for an air freshener. He had an air freshener hanging from his rearview mirror. It was one of the reasons. Yeah. Yeah. This time, Mr. Wright makes a bad decision, tries to flee, and is murdered by an officer who claimed she thought her firearm was a taser. Yeah. Whether or not you believe her, and I'm not sure I do. I'm a little leery as well. Dante Wright didn't need to die. Nope. And probably wouldn't have died were he white. May not even pulled him over had he been white. That's that's part of the problem. Then, of course, there was the Adam Toledo footage. I watched it knowing I shouldn't. Yep. You know this. It kind of wrecked me. 
It did. Look, that kid did a lot of shit wrong that night. For sure. But one thing he didn't do was turn around to face that officer with a gun in his hand. Yeah. He complied he- and he was still executed. Yeah. And this hit me really hard for, for a few reasons. One is it's just not easy to watch a child murdered in cold blood. Uh, two, I'm Hispanic. And though I myself don't have brown skin, my nephew does. And just as I watched the life drain out of Adam Toledo's face, all I could see was that of my nephew. And I'm sorry, get, get a little worked up now. I no, just, no, it's okay. It's completely reasonable. I mean, there's just... Yeah, being a stupid teenager isn't a capital offense. None of this should be, because at no point were any of these people tried by a jury of their peers. We did not hire police to be executioners no. in the streets. That is not their job. And if you're white, you can even be a double murderer who doesn't drop his weapon and be thanked by the police and offered refreshments. Oh, and they'll also contribute to your bail fund. <laughs> That's right. Them and, and Ricky fucking Schroeder. Yeah. I'm, of course, referring to Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, for me, I mean, the problem is complex. And huge. It is. It's there's there's no simple solution to it. Right. One issue is how casually police implement lethal force. Yep. But then there's also an, an issue, and this isn't just among police. There's an issue in our culture here in the U.S. Uh, of the adultification of brown and black people. It's societal. Yeah. Listen to Sean Hannity describe Toledo. Um, we are awaiting the release this hour of Chicago police body cam footage. That captured the fatal police shooting of a young 13-year-old man by the name of Adam Toledo. First of all, you fucking asshole. His last name is pronounced Toledo. But did you notice, Judson, it's a little subtle. It's not subtle at all. It's not fucking subtle at all. No, because he almost says boy. Yeah. He almost, you can hear the B, and he calls the kid a man. A 13-year-old man. Yeah. So just to compare, also from Hannity's show, here's his guest, Pam Bondi, describing Rittenhouse. Ugh, fuck Bondi. This kid was out there trying to help people. Were people killed? Absolutely. But again, we don't know yet. You've got a little boy out there trying to protect his community. A little boy out there. So I'm going to throw out a crazy, crazy thought here. Go for it. Maybe if he's a little boy, you shouldn't let him run around with a fucking assault rifle. Huh? He's not a little boy. He's not a little boy. He's nearly a, a legal adult when this happens. That's but correct. Let's say, let's say he were. Let's say we we considered a seventeen-year-old legally a, a child. Yeah, legally legally a minor. Maybe he shouldn't be able to have a gun. And if he does something with the gun, we should realize that he's still liable for that. That is a choice he made. You're not going to get me to argue with you. <laughs> Just just a thought. If he's yeah. too young to be called a man, then he's too young to have a gun. And most recently, there's Micaiah Bryant, who definitely needed to be subdued, but also didn't need to be killed. Now, her story is somewhat different than the other three stories we discussed, because unlike Navarro, Wright, or Toledo, she posed an immediate and possibly deadly threat to others. Yeah, I, but I swear that I've seen armed white people subdued with non-lethal force, even when they were a threat to others, with like knives. Or given water and thanks. <laughs> right. There just have to be better, less lethal means to subdue suspects. The right has to agree with me here, right? That they're pro-life, right? They're not pro-life. Right, they're pro-birth. Yeah. But it's the Micaiah Bryant thing. I, I know we talked about it. We struggled with that because we heard there was body cam footage and then we saw the body cam footage. And it's it's hard for me to make a judgment call there. But a 16-year-old does not need to be shot within 10 seconds of a police officer showing up at her doorstep. There, there needs to be, as you were saying, there, there need to be better non-lethal ways to subdue suspects. Let's put some dollars toward that. Researching better non-lethal technologies for subduing 
suspects. Yeah. And he shot her four fucking times. You don't have to empty the clip. There's a lot more to that story too. So it's hard. It's, we can't get into all the, you know, the other details of it, but cause we just don't have time, but no. we use, we use the police to solve every single problem. And they're not qualified to solve many of them. Absolutely not qualified for most of the things that we ask them to do. There are other better ways to handle this. And we, we've got to invest in our ability to put people in position to solve those sorts of problems more humanely. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the Derek Chauvin case. Almost never do you have this avalanche of damning evidence. And I won't speak for you, but I still had doubts that the correct verdict would be reached. No, I absolutely had doubts. I told you guys in the, in the Discord, I mean, when the, when the verdict came down, I, I I teared up. I was driving my kids to baseball practice, and I teared up. I, I had it on the radio, on NPR, and just as those guilties came in being read by the judge, I just couldn't hold it together. And then they remanded him, which was great, too. And I just felt like such a release and a relief that... We had gotten something right. If we didn't have that evidence, we'd only really have the statement released by the Minneapolis Police Department, yeah. which was absurd. <laughs> On Monday evening, shortly after 8 p.m., officers from the Minneapolis Police Department responded to the 3700 block of Chicago Avenue on a report of a forgery in progress. Officers were advised that the suspect was sitting on top of a blue car and appeared to be under the influence. Two officers arrived and located the suspect, a male believed to be in his 40s in his car. He was ordered to step from his car after he got out. He physically resisted officers. Officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs and noted that he appeared to be suffering medical distress. <sighs> officers called for an ambulance. He was transported to Hennepin County Medical Center by ambulance where he died a short time later. At no time were weapons of any type used by anyone involved in this incident. I mean, it's true. Technically correct. No weapons were officially used but deadly force was still used well absolutely well we were so shocked at the factual contortions and up is down spin the press release writer implemented to, to basically completely mischaracterize an event that we hired them to write some press releases describing fictional events in popular films allegedly <laughs> uh, you want to read one of them judson yeah sure you don't have time for all no, of we'll, them. we'll do one if you want to check them all out because we wrote we wrote a bunch like five six seven so there's a bunch on facebook there's a bunch on twitter just uh yep. check out facts and friends on either of those and you'll be able to read the rest of yeah, them. this is for uh the lion king okay <laughs> press release heir to foreign monarchy missing after reportedly playing a role in his father's death the suspect, a young African male, fled the scene of the brutal assault despite efforts of good Samaritans who gave chase. Suspect's uncle, an eyewitness, confirmed the cub's role in his father's death, adding, innocent lions do not run. <laughs> All right, after that quick diversion down absurdity lane, let's let's quickly sum up the central issues in the Chauvin case. This is a paraphrase of G. Suk Gerson's explanation from an April 10th New Yorker article. In the course of arresting Floyd on the suspicion of his using a counterfeit $20 bill, Derek Chauvin kneeled on his neck for about nine minutes as Floyd gasped for breath. The jury will consider whether Chauvin's use of force exceeded what was necessary to make the arrest, constituting murder or manslaughter. The prosecution is arguing that, as the attorney Jerry Blackwell put it in his opening statement, Chauvin, quote, betrayed this badge when he used excessive and unreasonable force upon the body of Mr. George Floyd that he put his knees upon his neck and his back, grinding and crushing him until the very breath, no ladies and gentlemen, until the very life was squeezed out of him. So the defense strategy was basically to create reasonable doubt by suggesting Floyd died from other causes. Any other causes they could think of. Oh, and apparently the right ate that up. Oh, yeah, they st yeah that, that's, that's still how it's going, actually, on our Facebook page. Uh, yeah, I saw that. <sighs> All right. 
Now, the verdict hadn't been returned at this point that we're describing, and yet prominent politicians stepped into the fray. Right. We played some of Maxine Waters' comments earlier, but the freely and fairly elected president of the United States, Joe Biden... Every time. Every Every time. time. He also jumped the gun in a press conference wherein he more or less said the evidence was overwhelming that Chauvin is guilty. And while that's a true statement, it's probably best if politicians don't say things like that before the verdict. Yeah, why give the white supremacist ammunition? Why give the right who's going to criticize you no matter what you say? Yeah. You know, he's not wrong. It's just an ill-advised thing to say. For sure. So the jury got its instructions, heard closing arguments, and left the courtroom to deliberate last week. And I got to tell you, I was nervous as hell, Judson, about the verdict. I mean, uh, we both were. We were talking about it as it, you know, as we're waiting for the, the clock counted down to, what was it? I forget the time. It was They're basically like, you know, in the next 60 to 90 minutes, we're going to have a verdict. Well, somehow, some way, the American legal system got this one right. One time. Today, a jury in Minnesota found former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin guilty on all counts in the murder of George Floyd last May. Finally, we could exhale. Yeah, I mean, briefly. Yeah, only for a second, because this is the United States (laughs) and Tucker Carlson has a television show. And think about what it took just to get that one moment of actual accountability for a police officer against a black man in this country. Insurmountable video evidence. Yeah. Well, I thought it would be fun, because this topic isn't fun, but... Go ahead. (laughs) I thought it would be fun to document Tucker's descent into madness that resulted from from this Chauvin verdict. I enjoyed it. I was going to say that up, up front. I really enjoyed it. Well, let's let's enjoy it again together with, with our listeners. Yeah. First, Tucker gave his usual white supremacist take on the verdict. The jury in the Derek Chauvin trial came to a unanimous and unequivocal verdict this afternoon. Please don't hurt us. The jurors spoke for many in this country. Everyone understood perfectly well the consequences of an acquittal in this case. After nearly a year of burning and looting and murder by BLM, that was never in doubt. Last night, 2,000 miles from Minneapolis, police in Los Angeles preemptively blocked roads. Why? They knew what would happen if Derek Chauvin got off. In the end, he didn't get off. If given the maximum sentence under the law, he will spend the rest of his life in prison. Good. Is that a fair punishment? Is the officer guilty of the specific crimes for which he was just convicted? We can debate all that, and over this hour we will. But here's what we can't debate. No mob has the right to destroy our cities. Not under any circumstances, not for any reason. No politician or media figure has the right to intimidate a jury. And no political party has the right to impose a different standard of justice on its own supporters. Those last two things Those didn't things happen except when you did in America. All of them are happening now. If they continue to happen, decent, productive people will leave. He means the white. The country as we knew it will be mm-hmm. over. So we must stop this current insanity. It's an attack on civilization. He means white civilization. The future of Derek Chauvin or the memory of George Floyd. At stake is America. He means white America. I'm sorry. I just want to be clear. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, <laughs> he's, he's espousing that replacement theory again in just different words. Yeah. I'm just curious what exactly it would take to get Tucker to agree that that guy was guilty and that the jury convicted him because he was guilty. Like, it's not going to happen. How Exactly. How? How else could this have occurred if the guys... I think Janine Pirro did think that. Yeah, if the guy's guilty and you convict him, it's only because you were scared that if you let him go, bad things would happen to you and other people. 
Well, no, that's exactly their narrative. Yeah, exactly. So, like, so the so, only reason he was convicted is because the jury was afraid. Except that of BLM and Antifa. Can it not be both? I mean, what 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 if he was guilty because he was guilty because he did it because we had v- on fucking video murdering someone? And it's probably best to not incite a bunch of people who are already very upset by letting a murderer go free. Maybe both are true. I don't know. I like to think that the jury decided on the merits of the case. But I am a I'm a realist, and I and I understand that it's possible that some of them at least would consider the consequences of, of a not guilty verdict. But I don't think that the evidence gives you anything other than this guy did it. I agree with you. Both are possible. But the one that's absolutely certain is that there was overwhelming evidence. Yeah, incontrovertible evidence that he killed that man. Murdered. Murdered that man. He right. murdered him in cold blood in the street. I'm oh, sorry, not even cold blood. He murdered him through casual callous indifference it was torture well it's sure i'm sure that's the way it felt but i think looking at his face he just didn't care about the life of george floyd they dehumanized brown and black people cops especially Exactly. And we talked about the adultification of the kids, but that also is part of the same psychology, I think, that causes them to dehumanize the adults. Right. So, you, you for, yeah, first you dehumanize the adults, and then you make the kids into adults as well. So they can so also be dehumanized. Everyone's dehumanized, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Judson, after his little white supremacist rant again, yep. sure, it got weird. Er. <laughs> the scene. I, I just think that... It was excessive, yeah, and well, it shouldn't happen. And what I'd like the, to say, the one guy more, who did it looks like he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. So I'm kind of more worried about the rest of the country, which, thanks to police inaction, in case you haven't noticed, is like boarded up. <laughs> so that's more my concern. Well, but I appreciate well, you coming well, on, and Gavin. Thank well, you. Well, nope. Okay, it. it's not. Thank you. It's not boarded up. And that, that laugh, that laugh is psycho. Psycho is kind. <laughs> I mean, it's a manic, and that is that is like it doesn't fit with anything. He just suddenly bursts into this like strange cackle. Yeah, I guess yeah. like very uncomfortable for I think everyone involved. It reminded me, yeah, but it did remind me of like, an android in a sci-fi movie that was just malfunctioning. Yeah, and just like <laughs> out, of, out, of, out of nowhere. It was a weird laugh, man. That was just a weird, weird laugh. Yeah, and he, he cut that guy off because the guy wasn't buying his bullshit. No, the guy was like, you know, no, the guy was guilty. He needed to be, <laughs> right. he, he, he's faced consequences. We're still a, still a country of laws as long as we allow ourselves to be. And then this is a separate cut from a separate show <laughs> after that one. Or it's you're being replaced and there's nothing you can do about it. So shut up. <laughs> he's... He's losing it. He is losing it big time. If he ever had it. Well, he normally keeps it together. I don't know if like- I think he's just scared. I mean, honestly. I have often thought that Tucker Carlson was not a true believer and was merely uh, a grifter. Oh, I don't think so. But, now, but no, this makes me think more that he might be a true believer and he's seen it all come crashing down. Did you see the college clubs he was in? I did see the college clubs he was in. What were they again? It was the Dan White Society. Right. So Dan White's the one who killed Harvey Milk. Har- Harvey Milk, yeah. And he also was- uh, uh, some other thing he made up. And George Moscone. It was a um, Jesse Helms foundation or something. Ugh. Yeah. I think he's the real deal, man. I think he's the real deal. Maybe. Maybe. Tucker, here's what I think about your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> The the worst thing about that is, it's like, it's not even like an evil villain laugh. He's like crossed the line from like, like decent mad scientist into like sidekick that gets off in like the first 10 seconds of the fight. That's the laugh you hear as you're walking down to meet Hannibal Lecter in that basement (laughs) prison. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just you, that's the laugh you hear from the other cells right before Tucker Carlson throws jizz on your face. <laughs> it's it's not it's not one that's like it's not the villain, not the main villain. He's not even like no. the main guy in his <laughs> own story. He's some henchman off to the side or some other yeah some other. When prisoner. you're going to Arkham Asylum to see the Joker, he's the guy <laughs> it, like two cells down. That, the, just that the Joker has that the Joker has driven insane. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, let's stop shitting on Tucker Carlson to get serious again what? for a second. I know, it's Do so I have fun. To? <sighs> it's so fun. All right. It's, but it's too easy, too. I mean, it is, but it's still fun. Let's, let's switch back into serious mode and talk about what can we possibly do right. about this culture of police violence and racism and overall violence. Shoot first. Yeah. Don't de-escalate. And not just shoot once, but shoot to kill as many times as possible. It's not even don't de-escalate. It's like escalate. Right. Start at 11, like those yeah. guys. In the actively escalating situations that do not require it. So I think short term, there are a few concrete things that we can do. And this verdict starts with the first one that I have on this list, which is hold police accountable. Sure. That's the seventh time in 16 years that we've done it. Yeah. Yes. It's very, very rare. Yeah. But we need to do it more. We do. No, we, we absolutely do. The fact that his colleagues and even his chief testified against him speaks to just how heinous this was. And, yeah. Because and how much video they had on him. If they didn't have the video, none of that would have happened. No, it, it never would have happened. I think we need to abolish qualified immunity. I agree. You want to tell folks what that is? That's the judicially created doctrine that shields government officials from being held personally liable for constitutional violations, like the right to be free from excessive police force or for, for money damages under federal law, so long as the officials did not violate, quote, clearly established guidelines, which is hard to pin down. That is such a get out of jail free card. Yeah. Or get out of murder free card. If you never said you can't kneel on someone's back for nine minutes, Derek Chauvin can't face civil liability. So we need to abolish qualified immunity for sure. We need to retrain officers. We need to teach them how to deal with their own biases. We have to teach them to recognize them. And then how to work past them. I feel like this is some stuff we should like be teaching society as a whole, too. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But society as a whole, at least not yet, isn't packing heat no, and uh, no. chasing down well, black people to kill them. And then finally, lethal force needs to be a last resort. There's just a few ways to retrain officers. Very short list. There's a there's an, an exhaustive list that we're not. Yeah, we're far from experts here. Right. But even we as idiot lay people can say these are things that we're not currently even if they're being taught, they're not being followed. So this is stuff we need to do. So another thing that we can do is pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which is stuck in Congress now, thanks to Mitch McConnell yeah. and the filibuster. And the lack of any sort of spine by Republicans. Right. Yeah. To do that, we do need to end the filibuster. I know that's a larger discussion. One we'll probably tackle bit. in season two, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we got to end the filibuster. And the only way to do that is to vote for candidates that support ending the filibuster. And just as importantly, they got to support police reform. Absolutely. I mean, so that's sort of the, some of the short term things. And again, it's not a full list. It's a few of them. In the long term, and this is where you and I kind of talked earlier about how we've evolved on this topic right in terms of long-term reform neither of us were really on the we certainly weren't on the abolish the police we were not on the uh, let's say all cops are bastards the acab right uh <laughs> platform but the more that has occurred the the every, everything every single incident every brutal beating every you know excessive use of force every you know murder as in the case of george floyd has pushed me farther and farther toward that side of the the conversation towards the the abolish 
Yeah, it's a disaster. I, I don't know that it can be reformed. I agree. I think it does have to be abolished now. I think we have to build it, rebuild it from the ground up. I, I think that's the only option. And I know it sounds radical to say that. I'm not anti-police. I'm anti this current police system. I think there are lots of great cops, but the system is broken and it has to be replaced. I mean, the system is broken in some cases by design. Right, right. It's intended to serve a certain small group of people well and not the rest of us. Well, let's get into that. I have I have a lot of thoughts about that, too. <laughs> well, it may be a little premature, but in a perfect world, we would kill policing in America as it exists the same way so many cops kill black and brown people for minor infractions. Just to be clear, he said to kill policing, yes, please make not that clear. police. Yes, okay? Policing. Don't, don't get it wrong. Okay, no. I, know, I know those guys over at uh, Don't Tread on Me, Rika, are probably listening still. And it's they'll, Don't they'll, Tread on America, Judge. Uh, be, be respectful. Damn, Come on. sorry. But I don't want them to misinterpret, deliberately misinterpret our words here, or your words here. You said it, not me. All right. So to close this discussion, we're kind of assuming that policing in America is dead, and Judson is going to give its eulogy. Take it away, Judson. On behalf of America, I'd like to begin by thanking everyone that's here today, and for those who have sent their condolences... We have received countless phone calls, emails, texts, thoughts and prayers, rallies, protests, and demonstrations. They have been not only comforting during this difficult time, but have also been a reminder of the impact that U.S. policing has had on so many people. U.S. policing had a difficult childhood. It was birthed by the need to stop runaway property <coughs> slaves <coughs> in the South and to control alien populations, not the UFO kind, in the North. But truly, it came into maturity after the turn of the last century, bringing its beloved and brutal tactics to bear against the tired and the poor, the huddled masses yearning to breathe despite a knee, the homeless, the tempest-tossed, the filthy, and the fabulous alike. Perhaps its most memorable period stretched from Selma's Bloody Sunday to the Stonewall Riots, and with a dishonorable mention for the Kent State Massacre, when U.S. policing really started to make progress on its passion project of dehumanizing protesters and enjoying the occasional escalation of peaceful events into violent conflicts. I could list the people most impacted by U.S. policing, like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Fred Hampton, Rodney King, Jeffrey Miller, every Muslim, every other person who is black, indigenous, or of color. But this tribute is already running a little long, and really it almost goes without saying that the arms of law enforcement in the U.S. are long and loaded and lethal to most everyone darker than Sherwin-Williams antique white, just the way the founders and the KKK intended. In closing, I just want to say that I didn't get to this point easily or quickly. For a long time, I was in the group who saw police brutality as a bad apple situation and not as the rotten orchard it now clearly is. I could decry each act as abominable, but continued to maintain that there were good cops in the beat, doing the right things and just not getting the attention. Unfortunately, every day has brought and continues to bring new atrocities committed by our police. We covered the tweet earlier about each new act of violence erupting before we could even begin to grieve the one previously committed, but nowhere was it more on display than when the Chauvin verdict was reached, and not 10 minutes later, police killed a 16-year-old girl, Makai Bryant. And all of this violence, all of it, was done by those ostensibly sworn to serve and protect. The problem is that the people who are most in need of protection right now are the ones who need to be protected from the police. And that's why we are really gathered here today. U.S. policing lost its way if it ever truly had it to begin with. It can't be defunded or reformed or even abolished because it has already obliterated itself. Every stop and frisk, every arrest over an air freshener, every violent assault, and every time they fire their weapons at unarmed citizens speaks to U.S. policing's inability to serve the common good. It turns even people like me, desperate to believe in the good of others, into hardened cynics about those still in the force and willing to serve alongside bullies and white supremacists and murderers. At this point, 
All we can do for U.S. policing, after its abuses of both itself and our people, is to see it well and truly buried. Without marker or headstone, salt the earth where it fell and make sure that whatever we next rely on to protect and serve can be held accountable if and when it fails to meet those lofty goals. We'll be right back. Judson and Tino here. We wanted to take a minute to send our condolences to all those affected by the tragic earthquake in Turkey and Syria. The death toll grows staggeringly higher with each passing day. If you can afford it, please take a moment to donate to the relief fund of your choice. We all want to make sure our donations are actually going to those in need. Per Charity Navigator, which assesses the direct impact charities have on the communities they serve in relation to how much those charities cost to run, these are some of the organizations serving Turkey and Syria that are most highly rated, all with 100% ratings. Syrian American Medical Society Foundation, Center for Disaster Philanthropy, Plan International Incorporated, and Direct Relief. Of course, if you have a charity you prefer, by all means, donate to that charity. If you can, please donate today. Thank you. So we did it, Judson. We did what? We finished season one. Oh, yes. Yes, we did do that. Okay. We got through all 25 episodes, man. That's true. And only one or two dollars had to get put in that jar. Well, now now three. Damn it. <laughs> well, this season, we really got to spend some quality time with some of the greats. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, man. <laughs> the beer... The beer, barbecue, and freedom guy. You remember him? Did you ever get your t-shirt? I thought you were going to get a t-shirt. I never got one. No. Oh, Maybe well. for the war on Christmas this year. <laughs> Maybe. Do you remember the phenomenally untalented Sailor Sable? My ears are still ringing. Yes. <laughs> you know, I this season I won a boat. Oh, Oprah's Folly. Yes. yes. You and I did some turd watching down at the border. He prefers to be called Senator Cruz, I think. <laughs> We even listened to a little <laughs> pro-Biden gay porn. <laughs> I had totally forgot. I'd blocked that out, I think. <laughs> well, that was very early, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like episode four. Yeah, the okay. end of episode four. Yeah. I did wince listening don't, back to it. Once. Don't go back and listen to that, yeah. <laughs> Steer clear of episode four, folks. It was a journey, for sure. <laughs> but you know what I want people to remember the most about season one, Judson? Uh... No, I do. I do. It's the begging. It's the begging. Of course. <laughs> God, these are getting more and more elaborate. These that was, begging that was a lot of setup. That was a lot of setup. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it served two purposes. I was sort of taking us through the season, a little like remembrance of, of some of the things we did this season. But, but really, I just wanted to get to the begging. <laughs> right. We've decided, though, since you stuck with us this whole season, begging and all, that we would save you the time and effort of hitting the two times speed playback button. And we'll do it for you for this part. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to hit it right now, Justin. This will be a very fast beg. That sounds good. And if you want to hear it in normal time, I guess you have to hit the slow button. I don't know how that works. That's uh, metaphysics yeah. that I can't grasp. So, all right. The truth is, we make no money at all from this show. This show costs us money. <laughs> All of you. All we ask in return is that you take a minute or two to spread the word about the podcast to your friends and family. We're, we're done with season one. We have great things planned for season two. So it would be a huge help if you let more people know about this little gem of a political humor podcast. Uh, five star reviews are also a great help if you haven't left one already. Okay, enough begging. <laughs> 
Enough high speed begging. Enough high speed begging. We do want to say in regular time that we love hearing from you. So please drop us a comment or or DM on the Facts and Friends Facebook page. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Facts and Friends. Facts, the letter N, friends. Again, you can check out those fake Minneapolis PD press releases from movies. Fake? uh, About movies. Sorry. Fake? Sorry. We'll cut that. (laughs) Individually, you can reach me on Twitter at Uncle Tortilla and Judson. Tell the good people how they can connect with you. Uh, I am at the fault and my arse. Again, the fault, the letter N, my arse. So finally, we also just want to remind you about our great friends over at the Witty Liberal. They have that great Facebook page that that goes by that name exactly, the Witty Liberal. Uh, On it, they share all kinds of news, quickly digestible progressive content ranging from funny to thought-provoking. And they also have a website that dives a little deeper, or if you don't like Facebook, it's called theliberalverse.com. I recommend you all check it out and like their Facebook page if you haven't already. By the way, um, I should mention, if you didn't like any of this part of the show, this closed part here, sped up or not, it's not my fault. The coffee boy wrote it. I promise. It was part of an outside third-party group that (laughs) came in, and and it's just we didn't even read it. That's right. All right, Jensen. So before we tell the folks what they can expect after season one, I wanted to pick your brain on one hot topic right now. Okay. It's uh, Caitlyn Jenner running for governor of California as a Republican. Okay. We all, I mean, we know how popular transgender people are in the GOP, which is why <laughs> I brought up that she is in fact running as a Republican in case someone assumed that was not the case. You you could consider that, but she has always been, I think, a Republican. So Yes. I think that that's going to be a challenge for her. It's putting it mildly. <laughs> you think it's just a publicity stunt? I think that she probably wants, wants the acclaim and wants to be governor. Whether or not she wants to do the actual job of being governor or not, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a Trump sort of deal where, you know, he didn't really want to be president, but he wanted the the perks of the job and the, and the and the notoriety and all that but surely she realizes that she is not going to win a republican primary as a transgender woman right i i'm sure that's been considered i think she or her camp might think lauren bobert would call her a transsexite she would <laughs> She would do that, has done that. Um, I think that they've probably considered that in her camp, but I I guess the the, the real challenge for Caitlyn Jenner would be to get through the primary, right? I mean, uh, getting into the general election, all bets are off. Who knows what happens? I think she could could potentially win in a general election. Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger won. Yeah, it could be very weird in a general election. And I think people that don't know her politics for her whole life. Right. She could possibly win like progressive voters because she's transgender and they wouldn't realize that she has some really horrible ideas. Sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I think I think we're probably safe from Governor Jenner for now because of the primary process. I don't see how she would get through the primary successfully. But if she did, then yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, one thing I just want to make clear is that it's one thing to oppose Miss Jenner for her views and another thing altogether to attack or mock her for being transgender. Or to misgender her. Right. Let's not do that. Let's not. There's no need. There's plenty of actual legitimate reasons to be upset with Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> okay, finally, here's what we have planned after season one. Just to give folks a little idea what to expect in the coming weeks. Okay. So first off, Judson and I are going to take a couple weeks off. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. We're going to work on some new content. We're going to upgrade our equipment and software so we can improve the overall quality of the show. I might see my kids eventually. <laughs> you know, It's possible. Right. One thing I really want to do next season, and I think these upgrades in our software and equipment will help do it, is actually have some guests on, do some interviews. 
Sure. But fear not, there will not be a content drought. We <laughs> actually plan on releasing some in-between seasons entertainment in several forms. Now, we know what we're doing next week. It was just the fourth anniversary of your cancer diagnosis. That's true. And so why don't you tell the folks what we have planned for next week? We're going to replay the show where we first got my diagnosis and we talked about it. Yeah, it's pretty we, raw. You and me and, uh, and a couple of the old hosts uh, who have not been on this show. Nope. And we'll do a whole intro to it so people aren't confused. Yeah, we'll, we'll set it up. Yeah. You, you won't be going in cold, but it is. A, I think it's a great piece of audio. I mean, it's difficult at times because we we are very dark humor. We are we are dark, dark people. But it's basically a show where Judson has just found out he has cancer, and I think he just found out the stage. Right. That's that exact same day we recorded. Right. We had just staged the cancer. So. Yeah. And so the whole show is kind of about coming to terms with that, both him personally and us as his friends. Yep. And so then the week after that, we're not quite sure what we're going to bring you, but there will be new content. It will also probably be from the vault, but it will be new to most people. Yes. So then. Here's the big reveal. The release date of season two, episode one. Ah. May 17th. 17th. Yes. So basically two weeks of not season two, right into season two, the third week. So three weeks between this episode and the season premiere of season two. Man, I hope you guys are worth it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Ideally, we take a much longer break. But it's still a newest show, and we want to make sure that we're still giving our audience as much new content as we possibly can. Whether they want it or not. (laughs) All right, Justin, that's it. That's us done with season one. Yeah. Any final thoughts before you yep us out of here? Nope. Nope. (laughs) I have one. Okay. I just wanted to end season one much the way we started season one. Pro-Biden gay porn? No, no. Oh, sorry. Before that. Oh, okay. And just say this. There's going to be a lot of fucking. (laughs) See you in three weeks. Take care, everybody. Hang in there. Mr. Chairman, I want to make it quite clear that this amendment is completely irrelevant. I served as a law enforcement officer for 27 years. It is a tough job and good police officers deserve your support. You know, it's interesting to see my colleagues on the other side of the aisle support the police when it is politically convenient to do so. Law enforcement officers risk their lives every day. They deserve better, and the American people deserve I have the floor, Mr. Jordan. What, did I strike a nerve? Law enforcement officers deserve better than to be utilized as pawns. And you and your colleagues are ashamed of yourself. The gentle lady will suspend, and the clock will be stopped. I want to admonish members. I want to admonish members. They must not interrupt someone who has the time. Mr. Chairman, can I ask a question? You simply can't shout out. If you think that someone is saying- I, I agree. If you, Mr. Jordan, I, you don't you know what in the heck you're you, talking about. You yes, know nothing about what law enforcement- I know about my motive. And you're using them as pawns because it serves everyone, ridiculous everyone, political purpose. Val, Val, everyone must suspend. I am making the point. No one may shout out. When someone else has the time, 
Not Mr. Gohmert. Question, Mr. Chairman. Uh, not Mr. Jordan. Nobody. Not Mr. Cicilline. Not Mr. Not Ms. Demings. He didn't do that. But nobody. Did. Not Mr. Jordan. Not, yeah, not Ms. No, uh, Ms. Nobody. Cicilline. Okay, nobody. I agree with that. But then I have a how do we? Everybody. I have a question. I will simply. There is no I got question. The same question. Nobody may shout out. When you give you a see, speech, Mr. Chairman, about may, motives and questioning motives, and then our motives are questioned, how do we address that? The rules allow a request for words of inquiry. Live and die, and you know nothing about that. And to utilize them as political bonds. I have a point of view.